This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to be back. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes my job takes me out of town like last week, but we are here. And tonight, I'm excited because Brother Benjamin is back with us. And, um, well, things have... They've changed in two weeks so tremendously. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing some things that Brother Benjamin has to share. And folks, this is a a very trying time for many. And I know there's a lot of fear, a lot of worry, but don't forget, folks, your God is still on the throne. This thing is not over and God is not surprised and he will get us through. Well, with that, I'm going to bring, bring on Brother Benjamin here because we got some stuff to cover tonight and I don't want to waste any time. So Brother Benjamin, are you here with us? Yeah, I'm here, Frank. Amen. Praise God. Brother, I'm just let's just jump into prayer and get this thing going. Go for it. Amen. Thank you, Father. In the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, we thank you, uh, Lord, for this time when we know that that the coming of the Lord is so much nearer than it was before this program. Lord, we are at the time we've known was coming. Lord, we've, we've, we've felt it for a long time, and now we have entered into a, a, a different Uh, time in this earth's history, and that is the very time of the end. And so, Lord, comfort your people tonight. Lord, strengthen your people. Lord, bless Brother Benjamin as he shares a word from on high, Lord. May it come from your throne, and he be simply a vessel, Lord. And uh, Lord, strengthen him. Lord, take a coal from the altar and, and touch his lips tonight, Lord, that he would he would share something that would bless your body, Lord. We come against the principalities of evil in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke Satan, that he has no place here, that you would protect this program, Lord, with a mighty hedge of your warring angels, and your spirit would dwell around us and around your people. And remind your remnant that with God, all things are possible to the very end. Lord, may you be blessed, honored, and praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, brother, I know uh, (laughs) there's a lot to cover. There's a lot going on. And uh, so I'm just going to turn it over and uh, let you share what's going on and what you've seen lately and uh, catch us up. Well, yeah, there's a lot to catch up to. <laughs> the world is changing almost by the day. And it, it, it's so astonishing because we knew these days would come. I mean, we knew this time would come. And yet here we are. And who can believe it? I was talking with a, a friend of mine who has a um, a powerful you know, pretty large prophecy update program, large, large following. And he can't quite believe it's actually happening. You know, it's like, we've been watching this for years. You know, did we think it would never come upon us? You know, we, we're here. Um, we're here. Yeah. And, if- and they're tearing the planet apart at the seams. Mm. They're, they're literally t- 
tearing this planet down. The economy is being torn down. There's, there's no other way to describe what we're looking at. Just a few headlines before we get into uh, some scripture for the hour. Apparently, they're changing the um, gasoline pumps around the country, uh, allowing for an extra digit, Frank. So, you know, be prepared for $10 gas because it's coming. $10 a gallon. We're going to run from five to 10 pretty quick. Mm. Uh, at the same time, food prices are exploding. You know, that I would direct everybody to the Ice Age Farmers. Great summary of uh, the destruction of our food supply, the, the coincidental fires. This has been the year of burning down food production facilities. Um, they've been burning and, and being destroyed at a rate, probably six times the, the normal number of random fires that might occur. At the same time, we now have a bird flu. They're, they're destroying millions and millions of poultry birds. They've destroyed millions of hogs. There's been one disease after another that's been gutting the wildlife. Food sources and food production are collapsing. World fertilizer production has been dramatically reduced. Countries are prohibiting exports. Even the railroads are saying they don't have enough cars to move fertilizers. Here at the beginning of the planting season inside the United States. All over the world, experts are warning of, of a looming food crisis. The Lord is about to break the whole staff of bread. And, and it's one of, it's one of the signs of the judgment that's come upon the earth. Food rationing is now occurring with biometric identification required to use ration coupons. Meanwhile, the overwhelming evidence that the, the medical intervention that was mandated is in fact killing people, grave injuries. Babies in Scotland are dying at three times the normal rate. And authorities want to know why. Even some of the top economic forecasters are beginning to see the signs. A gentleman by the name of Charles Nenner, N-E-N-N-E-R, uh, appeared on a recent program. He runs a number of uh, chart-type analysis of megatrends in society. He is calling for a world war in the immediate future that will kill up to 2 billion people. And that's just based on his chart on his artificial intelligence neural network of computers that, that basically run predictive reports on what the future looks like. Our time is a time such as never was. Meanwhile, the war has already started. Russia and Ukraine are at war. We've had lawmakers on the floor of the House of Representatives stand up and and make the statements, you know, why are we not telling the truth? We are engaged 
in a proxy war against Russia inside Ukraine. American weapons, American intelligence, American targeting information used to sink Russian warships, American targeting information used to kill dozens of Russian generals. NATO troops engaged as freelance fighters. You know, these are men that are simply paid to show up and paid a whole lot of money. Are, are actually on the battlefield already. Former NATO troops have been captured. You know, and inside Russia, the, the news programs also question when are we going to face the obvious? Russia is at war with the United States and with NATO. And thus far, the Russian forces have not fared very well. Losses have been spectacular. The war that is taking place in Ukraine is, is a, um, it's a war very much like World War II that was essentially a meat grinder. It's, it's carnage on an industrial level. Uh, the troop and the Equipment losses on, on the Russian side are, are huge. We don't know the true statistics coming from the battlefield. Experts would tell you the first casualty of war is the truth. The propaganda war is engaged in by both sides. We have to be seriously skeptical on anything that we hear from any of the political or, or media outlets. But one thing is very clear. Russia has not yet made use of its real firepower. Even now, there are military analysts who, speaking confidentially, believe we are headed for a general nuclear war. You know, of course, the thought of a nuclear war causes most Americans to uh, literally go through a brain freeze where much like the deer in the headlights, they simply cannot continue in the conversation. They, they have to hang up the phone. They've got to close the door. They've got to change the subject because to the American public and to much of the American political establishment, even the American military cannot conceive of an actual nuclear war with a peer adversary. And perhaps one of the reasons is our only strategy in such a war is known as mutually assured destruction. Or the MAD acronym, as it was known in the 1950s when it was first created. But this is not 1950. Now, the 70 years of America Babylon's reign over the nations have expired. We're now past the expiration date and the... <laughs> the this absurd theory that somehow everyone would be annihilated, mutually assured annihilation. Uh, it may have been relevant or may have been even accurate back in 1950, but it's no longer true today, where the Russian military has 12,000 ABMs capable of defending all the major cities. Russia has built underground bomb shelters to protect 40 million people in their major cities. The Russian political military elite will be deep in underground bunkers. As will the elite in the United States as 
as they will flee into the underground cities. The rulers, the kings of the earth shall cry out to the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb, for his great and awesome day has finally come. And people of the earth, the scripture warns them, woe unto those who dwell upon the earth, for the devil is about to come down upon you. He's coming down to you with great wrath, for he knows his time is short. You know, as for the wicked, their time is short as well. But what are the righteous to do? You know, for the righteous, the Lord has told us, see to it that you're not afraid. Do not fear. Amen. And be ye not afraid. Because our God has everything under control. Dimitri Dudeman was shown the events that are now about to take place on this planet. And he was told by the angel of the Lord, the cities of America were as Sodom and Gomorrah in God's eyes. They soon would be burned with fire. And Dimitri asked the Lord, Lord, don't you have people here? The Lord told Dudeman, many of the churches have betrayed me. They've denied me. And they've rejected my holiness and refused the covering and the authority of my word. But there is a remnant here that's going to be delivered. And when Dudeman asked, well, how will you deliver the remnant in America? The Lord responded the same way I delivered the three Hebrew boys in the furnace of Babylon. In the same way I delivered Daniel, the prophet, from the lion's den. So I will be with my remnant in this time. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we get any further into some of the news, because this is going to really, it's going to shake some of you guys to the core, because I think we have enough evidence now to conclude that the war indeed is but months away. Before we get into some of the just incredible revelations that are now coming forth, you know, God would have it that we would know. He reveals everything that he's about to do to his people. And he, the Lord would also reveal it to you if you are calling upon his name in humility and in honesty and in truth. Before we get into the news that confirms the day of the Lord is about to begin in Babylon, America, I want to share some scriptures. I want to look to the words of truth. I want to look to the Psalms. Hallelujah. There's such a prophetic message in the psalm, and I hope to be bringing some in-depth teachings in the psalms in, in the very near future. I haven't been able to post anything on my little um, teaching channel for, for seven months at this point, but I hope to be able to get back to it shortly. But I want to read just briefly tonight. From Psalm 105, hallelujah. Give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Let us make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. There, Okay, you guys underline that one. That's a good thing to be doing in your prayer time and in your scripture time to take time to sing unto the Lord. Sing psalms unto him and talk of his wondrous works. 
glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those rejoice that seek the Lord. And we who are seeking the Lord in this hour, we need to be rejoicing because the angels in heaven are going to rejoice. The sanctified saints upon the earth will rejoice in what God is about to do. Hallelujah. The Lord has remembered his covenant forever. A covenant that he made with Abraham. Confirming the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan. The lot of your inheritance. When they were but few in number. Yea, very few. And strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another. And from one kingdom to another, people. That's Psalm 105, verse 13. When they went from one nation to another nation, and from one kingdom to another people. That word for kingdom is mamlacha, and it means a dominion. It means the rule of a realm, a, a dominion or an authority. The people went from one dominion to another people. And so Israel left Canaan, ultimately came to Mitzrayim, which we call Egypt, which was under the rule of Yosef, one who was a type and a shadow of Jesus being delivered from the famine that had come, and then again delivered from the land of Egypt by the hand of Moshe. But we went from one dominion to a different people. And that word for people in Psalm 105 is the Hebrew word am, and it literally means specifically a tribe of Israel or the flock of the nation. And the word for kingdom, it literally it is mamlacha, but it means a realm of power, but not of Israel. It's the dominions of the world, which are the dominions of Satan. The people went from the dominion of Satan to the rule of the king of Israel. And so too in this time, the remnant shall be few in number. And we're going to go from one nation to another. And we're going to go from the kingdom of this world to the rule of the king of Israel. And as the scripture declares, the Lord suffered no man to do them harm. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed ones. Do my messengers no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land and he broke the whole staff of bread. All of the experts are declaring today in the secular news that a famine has come. It is coming forth upon the land, and it's going to break the whole staff of bread within a matter of three to six months. It won't just be baby food. It'll be everyone's food that'll be gone. Once the war breaks out, once the red horse has been fully released in the earth, the black horse of poverty, of depression, pestilence, of death and woe will, will cover the landscape. Only a remnant who are protected by God will be able to stand in that time. For the Lord is again calling for a famine upon the land, and he's about to break the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters of iron, and he was laid in iron until the time that his word came. 
the word of the Lord tested Joseph until the time that his word was fulfilled. So too in this hour, there are those among us whose ministry is the same as Joseph. And they were given a word from the Lord. And that word tested them until the time of their word would come. And the Josephs among us, they know the timing. They know their time has come. We've entered into the, the second jubilee, the 70th jubilee, the second half of the jubilee. And that's a whole message unto itself that we'll have to do in a separate program. But the Jubilee, which was the, the appointed year of redemption, is also the year of God's judgment. The day of vengeance is my, in, in my heart, exclaims the Messiah. And the year of my redeemed has come. The year of Jubilee has come. And it is coincident with the day of vengeance and the day of the Lord. And we are walking into it right now. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, we just had a blood red moon. Those of you that had a chance to see the eclipse as the moon turned blood on the West Coast, the height, the fullness of the blood red moon occurred at 9-11 Pacific time, 12-11 on the East Coast. And it heralds the judgment that is about to begin. Frank, the planets are all lined up. Mars, which represents war, is being poured out upon the earth. The will of God is being manifest. And the Lord is doing this. He's bringing judgment upon Babylon, Venus, which is in the position of the beast, the, the sea beast with bands of bondage tied to the two fish. And the Lord's about to break the bondages of his people through the judgment of Babylon. The people will no longer look to the gods that are dead. They'll no longer serve the idols of silver and gold, which they've made with their own hands. No, every heart will be shaken to the core. And only those who know their God will be able to stand because every idol will be broken to the ground. It'll be utterly burned with fire. Now, I was thinking, Frank, you know, there's only one way to clean, to cleanse land or to cleanse an article, to cleanse things that have been defiled. There's the way that is prescribed in scriptures, it must be burned with fire. fire. And so fire has been appointed. This land which we all grew up in, this nation that we all loved when we were young, it has turned to unspeakable evil. The people in Sodom and Gomorrah would blush at what they would see in this final wicked generation. So this land must be cleansed with fire. I find it fascinating that the Supreme Court of this United States is about to rule returning sovereignty to the states in the issue of life and death, in the, whether life or death would rule in the womb of America. And the states will get to decide their fate. Do you want to vote for death 
than even as you have judged. So judgment will be poured out into your lap. Or do you stand for life? God's going to render to each according to their ways. And the states will be permitted to vote for life or death. And so life and death shall be appointed unto them. Hallelujah. In the wombs of America, death is... Death has shed the blood of, at this point, 50 to 60 million innocent babies. Little lambs thrown on the fires of Molech. Little babies burned to death in the valley of Hinnan, which shall become the valley of Gehenna. That's a perfect picture of what this is all going to look like very soon. Hallelujah. But the Lord still loves mercy. Amen. The Lord still loves mercy. You know, I, we just passed through the, the 14th of the second month of the year. And that was the day that Hezekiah celebrated the second Passover. In the year of his first reform, they, they actually missed the Passover. And, and so Hezekiah consulted the religious leaders and said, well, what do we do? And they said, well, let's just do the Passover next month. And he sent word to all of Israel. He sent messengers to all the tribes, and yet they mocked the people to scorn. And so the majority of the people would not come. But the poor and the, and, and the people that had no other hope in this world, they decided to come anyway. Even if it was a long shot, they decided to honor the, the offer of the king. And so they came and they came 30 days late. And Hezekiah stood before the crowd at the temple and he stood in the gap for the people. And he cried out to the good Lord. He asked the Lord to forgive the people for having forgotten his ways. And the Lord answered. And he received those prayers. And it says in the text that the good Lord healed every one of them that day. You know, Israel was late. And we've been late. There's a lot of people listening to my voice right now. God's been waiting on you and you are late. It's time that we turn our hearts back to the Lord completely. It's time that we touch not the unclean thing anymore. It's time that we turn off the internet. We turn off whatever it is, the stumbling block. You put down the glass of wine. Turn off the internet defilements. Turn off the things of Babylon and come out from among the children of pride. Come out from among those that are going to defile you even with their words and seek the Lord with all of your heart. Many of us, we're late, but, it's, but the Lord is still waiting on the remnant of his people to return to him with all of their heart. Hallelujah. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. This will be the cry of the remnant that are redeemed in this hour.
and my supplication because he inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, will I call upon the Lord as long as I live. The sorrow of death compassed me and the pain of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Some of you haven't seen this yet, but you will find it soon. You're going to find trouble and sorrow everywhere you turn in the months immediately ahead. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple, not the proud, not the arrogant, not those that are wise in their own eyes, but those who are simple, the least among the saints. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest. O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. And that's one of the blessings the remnant will walk in. Is they're going to walk in the rest of the Lord, in the peace and in the shalom of their God, in a time where there is no rest for the wicked. They're going to rest and their sleep will be sound in a time that will be a time of fear and perplexity of soul, a weary land where there will be no help from the sons of men. For thou has delivered my soul from death, and the Lord is going to deliver every one of his children who put their trust in him. He's delivered my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. As for the rest of the people, they're about to be taken out of the land of the living. Numbers will be astonishing. Well, the one analyst said 2 billion worldwide. At least 300 million stateside. But we will continue to walk before the face of the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I've spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Those of you who've been still enjoying the days of ease, the time of affliction is coming. The days of ease are ending. And perhaps you've already been under the affliction of the Lord. If you have, that's a good sign for you. Because the wicked are continuing in their prosperity, in their passion. They're celebrating, they're partying, they're being made drunk. And in their drunkenness, their spirits have fallen asleep. And they're being led like lambs to the slaughter. But God is sending his judgments in the camp of the righteous to bring them to total repentance. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. What is God asking for us to do? to take the cup of his salvation and to call upon his name. Verse 14, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Well, boy, that verse seems out of place, doesn't it? We just got done drinking the cup of salvation. 
We just got done calling upon the name of the Lord. We just got done rejoicing for the Lord has dealt bountifully with the remnant. And now we're going to pay our vows in the presence of all the saints. And precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his remnant people. What is he talking about? He's talking about us dying to ourselves. He's talking about us making our lives a living sacrifice. That is the vow. That is the covenant. The Lord didn't go to the cross alone. There would be many brothers and sisters that would follow him up Golgotha Hill. He said so himself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Where did you think you were going with that cross? To the place of the death of our carnal Adamic nature. It's only through the death of the things of the flesh that we can be born again to the things of the spirit. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot follow two mindsets. We cannot worship in two different realms. We must come out of the kingdom and the dominion of this ruined age if we are to become part of the little flock of true Israel that will be protected as the remnant, the little remnant that is enduring and surviving to the end of this hour. For truly I am thy servant, O Lord. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. And thou hast loosed my bonds. And he's going to loose the bonds of every one of us. That's exactly what is in the stars Right now, the war that is coming is for the express purpose. The judgment that is coming is for the singular purpose of loosing the bondages of sin, setting free his remnant people, and then exercising the judgment written in the camp of the wicked. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows. Unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. And in the courts of the Lord's house, we will pay our vows. And those who are in the remnant, if there's one thing we all share in common, and I, and I believe this to be true, I've, I've interviewed scores of people and I've always found this one similarity. Every one of us, at one time or another, we made a vow to the Lord to give him our whole lives. To give him everything. Amen. To lay it all down. To die to it totally. And to pay whatever price is required to be sanctified. To pay whatever price is required to walk with Jesus in that secret hiding place. We were the people that sought him out. The one out of 10 lepers that were cleansed, that spent the rest of the day looking to find the Lord. No desire to go back to the things of Babylon. You know, and it's not that the flesh couldn't trip us up. We have the same Adamic nature as everyone else. That's why it must be crucified. It must be put to death. How is that process done? Precept upon precept, line upon line, word upon word, through prayer, through fasting, 
through singing unto the Lord, through turning off the voices of Babylon, turning on the things of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people. For He is his mercy and his loving kindness is great towards us. The Lord rejoices in his remnant. He says in the scripture he's going to sing over his remnant people. He's a people who love the Lord more than they love their own sin. They will be delivered in the hour of his wrath. Hallelujah. And we need the encouragement. And we need to build up and strengthen our spirit, man, because a time such as never was is about to begin on the mm, planet. Yes. You know, and several years ago, I brought forth the, the message, the teaching, that the 70-year reign of Babylon, as prophesied by Jeremiah, was repeating At the end of the age in the rule of America, Babylon, the authority for that is Jeremiah 25, verse 12, and Jeremiah 29, verse 10. In both instances, verse 10 in particular, 29, 10, after the reign of Babylon, the 70-year reign is completed, then I will visit you. It's the visitation of the Lord in the birth of the man-child. So the 70 years of America, Babylon, were completed The 70th year began in March of 2020. According to the Chaldean calendar, November or March 22nd was the third day of the year. That was the day they locked the world down. The 70th year ended in 2021 when they began imposing a, I guess I would call it a kill shot. And people can't bear the truth. And now we've, we've rolled past the 70th year and the judgment sequence is in process. Bioweapon was released. Medical in- intervention were themselves an act of war. And now the world war itself is underway. So let's update the situation in Ukraine. Canada has moved all of their anti-tank missiles to Ukraine. Canadian military has no ability to defend against armor. The United States has moved something in excess of a third of our stockpile, a third of our Stinger anti-aircraft missiles, a third of our Javelin anti-tank missiles have already been shipped to Ukraine. And we don't even have the ability to manufacture those weapons today. Yeah. And we're borrowing 40 million more from the Chinese to send over there. That makes sense to me. I'm I'm Uh, kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah. And, you know, we are definitely in a proxy war at this point, stopping Russia in Ukraine. And, you know, why, why Ukraine? Why we didn't act like this when Russia invaded Afghanistan. What's so special about Ukraine? Well, from one intelligence source, the, they've released the news that, that we have been monitoring Russian military communications, email, radio communications. And we've been able to isolate the communications from the senior military leadership in the Russian army. And we were able to uncover 
their plan, which was to cross Ukraine, bring the Russian army onto the Western border, move Russian troops on all of the borders with the, the Northern NATO countries. And they hope to have NATO forces move forward to oppose the Russian military. And then they intended to launch a massive tactical nuclear strike, which would annihilate the NATO armies of Europe. And the Russian military expected a retaliatory nuclear strike, which would create devastating losses within the Russian ranks. And that's the reason why the troops that they mobilized for the first phase of the Ukraine war were essentially the most poorly trained reservists. And the equipment that they're using is essentially the antiquated or obsolete 1970-1980 technology. None of Russia's real firepower has yet been brought into the battle. And so we're fighting the Russian military in Ukraine because we realize this is the first phase of World War III. And if you lay aside the propaganda and, and the ignorance of the uninformed masses in the West, a, a precise analysis of the balance of power is, is extremely alarming. Russia has 12,000 ABMs capable of defending their cities. We have none. We have a limited number of uh, submarine platforms, Trident platforms, and other submarines. Russia has the Poseidon unmanned submarines that loiter around our bases and follow our subs when they're deployed. They know the exact location of every one of our underwater boomers. They'll be taken out without a shot. Our strategic air command is dispersed on only three air bases. None of the aircraft are alerted. None of them are armed. Our weapons are still in their storage depots. The flight crews are off base on leave, or they're simply in their barracks. It would take anywhere from eight to 24 hours for us to alert these aircraft and get them into the sky. Those bases can be destroyed in a matter of minutes. And then we have 400 land-based ICBMs with the, uh, I forget the exact technical spec of the warheads that are on those 400 ICBMs. They're single warheads. They're not MIRVed weapons. And they're, the, they're not the right warhead for the battle that we, we would be fighting. The, the newest warheads that we have are on our Trident submarines. They're going to go, they're just going to get splashed. The second newest equipment is sitting at the air bases. They'll never get off the ground. And the older, likely highly obsolete warheads are on the ICBMs, which can be taken out with X-ray detonations in outer space, frying the electronics. So uh, the technical reality exists that the prophecy in Jeremiah 50 and 51, that we don't even get off a shot will literally be fulfilled. So there's good reason for the people in the know to fear a nuclear exchange with the Soviet Union because our mutually assured destruction theory is only certain to assure our destruction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
And we saw Benjamin and I talked to you before about this. We saw when they did their hypersonic test and proved to the world that they could fly a missile across the entire uh, con- uh, the entire landmass of Russia in 15 minutes. That's over 3,000. I think it was 3,300 some miles. I, I don't remember the exact amount, but if they can do that in 15 minutes, folks, look out. We won't even make it. They won't even make it from their homes to the launch keys by the time it hits. Right. Um, I spoke with a congressional uh, consultant, senior uh, permanent advisor to a number of uh, intelligence committees um, in the House of Representatives, Dr. Peter Vincent Pry. I spoke with him a few days ago. I actually recorded the call and I'm going to ask him for permission to broadcast it, Frank. And, you know, if he agrees, um, we'll put him on maybe the next program. We'll air the recording with his consent. But Dr. Pry has suggested perhaps the whole point of Russia's war in Ukraine is merely to just start World War III and to drag the West into the war. And if you use Sun Tzu tactics, when you're strong, appear to be weak. You know, and the, the Russian losses, no doubt, are real. You know, they've lost over 20,000 guys. They've lost 600 or more tanks. Um, Ukraine, I think that the number is they've lost something like 300, if you can believe these estimates. The difference is Ukraine has 600 tanks and Russia has 12,000. But it's not Russia's conventional military that is the problem. On a conventional basis, NATO would probably defeat the Russian military. But this is not going to be a conventional war. This is going to turn into a thermonuclear war. You know, perhaps Moscow doesn't care about winning in Ukraine. Perhaps Moscow views Ukraine as a stepping stone. The invasion of Ukraine was conducted to facilitate far more significant objectives to facilitate a preemptive strike on the United States. Dr. Pry is the director of Congress, the U.S. Congress's Nuclear Strategy Forum. He's a former CIA analyst. He's one of the top people on the Hill. And he basically said perhaps Russia is happy to appear that they're losing conventionally. It's caused the NATO military officials to to kind of come forward with bluster and to you know openly you know very boldly declare that they expect to be able to degrade Russia's capabilities well, Putin is playing a political game as much as a military game he needs to be able to establish that the that Russia's military actions constitute an act of self-defense and that the, the multi-dimensional war being orchestrated by the West and by multi-dimensional, I'm talking about economic war, sanction war, proxy war, the sharing of intelligence, as well as weapons and troops, that, that all of that constitutes a, a threat to the security of the Russian state. And And then the communists will be confronted with the same calculus that the United States 
had to address in 1945. President Harry Truman was weighing a decision. Do I use superior atomic weapons to end this war early and in so doing, saving millions of lives of American and Japanese soldiers? And the ultimate decision, of course, was yes to to the dropping of the first atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yes to the incineration of tens of thousands of civilians. Yes to small school children being burned to death. Yes, it was the calculus of, of mercy and the calculus of, of assuring an, a, a quick and rapid conclusion to a war that would have otherwise cost potentially a million American servicemen's lives and millions of, of Japanese soldiers as well. And, and so the calculus was made in order to end the war quickly, we would use our nuclear advantage and drop nuclear weapons on the enemy's cities. In so doing an act of mercy, we would be preserving our own military. And so Russia will face a similar calculation. Isn't it ironic? The scripture says the same judgment with which you've judged shall be rendered unto you. So here we are. And so what's left? Well, there, there are several other elements to this world war that has begun. We've only seen the Eastern European version. Um, the intelligence societies also have revealed that the ground is now drying in Ukraine. Belarus is mobilizing their armies, and we anticipate a combined attack of Russian forces from the south, Belarus forces from the north, in an enveloping maneuver designed to cut off the military in Ukraine from resupply. We'll see how successful that is. But there is reason to believe that the Russian army plans to use their tactical nuclear weapons, of which they have approximately 20,000 battlefield nuclear weapons much of which are fired from artillery and or short-range missiles and they have a range of about 300 miles, thus the need for Russian forces to get within proximate range of NATO forces. But there are other dimensions to this war that will be unfolding, one of which involves Iran, another involves North Korea, and the final piece of the puzzle is China. So, well, let's talk about China. China has been quiet supporting Russia in this military campaign, supporting them economically, financially. At the same time, China is now locking down many of their manufacturing centers under a COVID zero policy, which is considering the coronavirus is essentially a version of the flu. It's, it's an absurdity, along with the balance of the absurdities that have been you know, if it wasn't so sad, it would be funny how stupid the medical protocols have become. I would suggest getting the book, The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you want to understand the science, it's being pulled over the, the wool being pulled over the eyes of the West. 
But China is engaged in, in subterfuge, locking down their major manufacturing cities, locking down their major export ports under a COVID zero policy. They've closed down the U.S. supply chain. COVID zero cannot possibly be accomplished. But within six months time, there'll be no imports coming into this country. Why would you continue to export your production to a country you're about to engage in a nuclear war? A country you intend to exterminate in order to occupy their land for your own Leibniz, what was it? Leibniz, living space in German. 25% of all global shipping is dormant off the coast of China. In a recent smuggled recording that has just been released on Gateway Pundit, and Frank, I'll give you the, the link. Uh, the recording was, was made illegally by a general, a senior officer in the communist Chinese military, recording a portion of a conference call that lasted for apparently two days in which the senior leadership of China discussed the, their strategy going forward. And according to the translation by, her name is Ying Man. Well, let me see if I can get it for you exactly. Um, oh. Li Min Yang, a Chinese dissident who's fled to the U.S. She was a... Um, actually a researcher at the Wuhan lab that, that was one of the first to reveal that it was in fact a bioweapon and in her representation was intentionally released. She interpreted or translated this one hour recording, which was made by a Chinese general and, and the, the text is in Mandarin. It's being retranslated. So the whole transcript will be available in English shortly. But according to Li Minyang, China has made the decision to go to war with the United States of America no later than November 1st of this year. That war will include a coordinated nuclear strike and a ground invasion of the lower 48 states. The reason for the lockdown is all of the civilian employees, the workers who work in all of these factories in these lockdown manufacturing centers, the, the workers are all locked up in their apartments. Advanced teams, technicians and engineers from the PLA are converting these factories from civilian production of, of goods for sale to the United States and to other export industries. They're converting these factories to wartime production. When these people are finally released from their lockdown, they're going to be retrained and these factories are going to begin turning out wartime supplies to equip the PLA armies in their war against the West. At present, there's roughly a thousand merchant marine ships that are empty off the, these various ports in China. Those ships will be used to ferry approximately 15 million tons of supplies, military equipment, several million soldiers for the ground invasion of the United States. All of this, the initial execution phase, 
to be completed no later than November 1st, 2022. So that there won't be another election. So that the Democrats can't be thrown out of office. The existing power elite, who are all, a good chunk of them have already sold out to the deep state or the communists directly, they'll remain in power operating under emergency authorizations. And it's the expectation that they will surrender the United States to the invading armies. That'd be really stupid because these armies plan to exterminate not only the American people, but the idiot elites who betrayed us. The useful idiots are the final people that are killed. But I've got good news for you. The remnant of God, where we are going to stand and fight in the strength and in the power of the Lord. And let, let me just read to you a little prophecy, which by the grace of God has already been fulfilled in your hearing. I'm talking about Jeremiah 50, verse 44. Bless the Lord for his goodness to the children of men. Behold, well, let's back up. Let's go to verse 40, Jeremiah 50, verse 40. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighboring cities thereof, saith the Lord, so shall no man abide there in America, Babylon, in the daughter of Babylon. Neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Okay, so we're going to leave this land following the war. And the second exodus is going to begin. So don't get too attached to this place. It's like the eagle's wings, which are about to be plucked from the lion. So the people of this land are going to be lifted up and removed. And with eagle's wings, we're going to fly to a wilderness in Zion, where we'll be hidden from the dragon and from the beast. Verse 41, behold, a people shall come from the north. Okay, that's not talking about Canada. Although they will come through Canada. It's talking about over the pole into the land of Russia. A great nation and many kings. Okay, and ancient Babylon judged by two empires, Media, Persia, one king, Cyrus, not many kings, not one great nation and many kings. Okay, this is the axis of evil at the time of the end that comes after, against the daughter of Babylon, which is the ruling superpower at the end of the age, Revelation 17 and 18. The 10 kings that rule with the beast hate the woman. So they've stripped her naked. They've eaten her flesh. They've robbed us blind. They've looted our treasury. They've gutted our military. They've corrupted our children. They've defied our land. They've murdered our babies. And now they intend to burn this place with fire. And out of that fire, will be the, that'll be the phoenix rising as the one world government of the Antichrist rises to power. But they do not know the plans of the Lord because what they've initiated, what will begin following World War III, is the awesome day of our God. And at that point, from that point on, the wicked, they will be under the judgment. They're going to come under judgment. Hallelujah. Yes. But people are coming from the north. Look at verse 42, Jeremiah 50. They hold the bow and lance. They are cruel. They will not show mercy. So forget about surrendering. Their voice shall roar like the sea. They shall ride on horses. Everyone put in array like a man to the battle against the O daughter of Babylon. Okay, it's not talking about the women in 
Babylon America. It's talking about this descendant empire that's pictured as a female, the lady of the harbor, Lady Liberty, the symbol of America, who is the daughter of the final king of Babylon, which is the Lion Kingdom. Get the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, if you aren't following what I'm saying. And in verse 43, the king of America, Babylon, has heard the report. His hands wax feeble. Anguish took hold of him. And the pain is a woman in travail. Behold, he, the forces of the Antichrist, the enemies of America will come up like a lion from the swelling of the Jordan. The world war will actually completely initiate in the Middle East under the habitation of the strong, land of the free, home of the brave. That's America that's talking about, folks, in verse 44. But I, the Lord, will make the enemies of America suddenly run away from her. We're going to get delivered. Hallelujah. And who is the chosen man that I may appoint over her? God's going to replace the government. All those Chaldean sorcerers, they're dead. They're gone. You won't see them again. Instead, there'll be a new governor appointed over America. And who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? Well, the time has come. It is upon us now. And who is the shepherd that will stand before me? Therefore, hear ye the counsel of the Lord that he's taken against America, Babylon, and the purposes that he's purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Okay, it's not going to be the superstars and the famous Christian leaders that you know, that you've seen so many times. No, no. The Lord's going to use the humble and the meek. Even the children will be anointed with the power from on high. And the least of the flock will draw us out. Surely they will make their habitation desolate with them. Yeah, judgment's coming and what's going to happen here. Your ears will singe to even hear the report. At the noise of the taking or the fall of Babylon, America, the earth trembles and the cry is heard among the nations. Now, some people foolishly speculated that Iraq was Babylon. And indeed, that was the geographic location of ancient Babylon. They got the geography question correct, but this is mystery Babylon and it's not a geography question. The riddle of Revelation 17 is not a geography question. And when Iraq fell, the nations didn't tremble. Matter of fact, I don't even think we had a recession. Wait, the stock market even went up. When America falls, the earth will be devastated. The world economic system will be destroyed. The financial losses will be incalculable. Once the red horse is finished, the black horse will cover the earth. And out of that time of darkness, the reign of the deep and dark ones will come. But at the same time, remember where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Listen, the word of God is true every day. And the word of God is true in every way. You cannot find a circumstance or a a single instance Where the word of God is false, it is impossible because the Lord's word is always true. It's altogether righteous and true. So where the sin of this wicked age abounds to an unprecedented level, 
so too grace will abound in a measure never seen before upon the earth. For a remnant of God's people will enter in totally into the fullness of the new creation. While the wicked will worship the dragon and they will follow the beast, they'll be turned into the devils that they serve. So the remnant shall be filled with an anointing from on high. They'll be transformed. By the time the Lord appears in the clouds and and at the sound of the last trumpet, the remnant will have been so sanctified by the events that will take place in the camp of the righteous during the final seven years of human history that they won't need to die. We'll be ready to walk right into the kingdom. So praise the Lord. Baruch Hashem. So in China, they are preparing the country to go on a war footing. And the war has now been decided upon. And so there's two other pieces to the puzzle. What about Korea? What about Iran? Well, let's talk about Korea first. North Korea has locked down their population in the last few weeks. The entire population is under mandatory lockdown. All of the Korean workers are in their homes listening to the state radio waiting for the orders to go into their bomb shelters. Not certain when the Korean part of the war will begin, but at some point, if, if this is the year of the war, Korea will, North Korea will launch a preemptive attack on South Korea and on U.S. bases in Japan, creating a second front war for U.S. forces. At the same time, it's just... Absolutely incredible how all of these things are all happening simultaneously. Amir Safari or Safati announced today, yesterday, that um, Israeli forces are now preparing for a massive attack on the nuclear facilities in Iran. Israel today is holding a three week drill named Operation Chariots of Fire, in which the entire Israeli military is involved. This is unprecedented. Everyone, including the reserves, are involved in a countrywide mobilization and massive exercise practicing an attack on Iran, and U.S. forces are also engaged to some degree whether they're doing air refueling operations. I'm not sure to what extent U.S. forces are involved, but Israel is practicing an attack on Iran. And one of the leading generals in Israel made the statement on Israeli radio that the Israeli government has concluded Iran is within a few weeks of of having the necessary materials to produce the first atomic bomb and that Israel has to take out the Iranian nuclear effort and that the cost of waiting could be incalculable. So Israel may initiate a first strike on Iran in the next week or two. I would expect the real fireworks to sort of show up in the 
in the very first part of June, maybe the very last days of May, the very beginning of June, based on the, the warnings that are in the stars. But in the event of an Israeli attack on Iran, Hezbollah and Hamas will open a missile barrage with tens of thousands of missiles raining down upon Israel. Iran as well will attack not only Israeli targets, but they will likely attack Saudi oil production facilities. And they will likely attack American military bases in the Gulf in coordination with an action by North Korea. The U.S. will now be fighting a three-front war. Some of our leading defense think tanks have, have been evaluating our capability to contain peer aggressors, and, and they've been running, they've been wargaming scenarios such as the war that's taking place in Ukraine right now. And the conclusion was that the United States and NATO would be capable of, of um, defeating a foreign aggressor such as Russia on a single front war such as Ukraine or Eastern Europe. But if confronted with a multi-front war that included an attack on Taiwan or an attack by North Korea on Japan or an attack by Iran on U.S. assets in the Gulf region, U.S. forces would be stretched so thin that we would not be capable of victory with conventional forces. That's particularly true if we're confronted with hypersonic missiles that can destroy entire carrier battle groups. And so, you know, here we are, brothers and sisters. The food supply is being destroyed. The supply chain has been turned off. Inflation is raging. You can't buy baby formula in America. It's all at the southern border, some people say. I mean, it's simply unthinkable. And yet the, the, the medical authorities are continuing to mandate their interventions for young children who, who you know, all they're going to do is blow their nose if they get sick. I mean, insanity has, has prevailed. And the day of the Lord is here. Yes. You know what's amazing, Frank? Jeremiah and his little sidekick, Baruch, um, who was merely his scribe, we know from the scripture that they preached for 23 years. Of course, nobody listened. For the most part, they were mocked. A couple times they got assaulted. Um, quite often they were insulted, but on a few occasions they were actually physically assaulted, ultimately arrested. And Jeremiah was thrown into the dungeon and then ultimately into, into a, a water well sinking into the mire. They prophesied for 23 years of the judgment that would come upon the land. And at the conclusion of the 23rd year of their warning, the armies of Babylon appeared in the mountains around Jerusalem. Frank, I find it so fascinating that my book came out in, in the fall of 1998, but I mean, it didn't really go anywhere until... I was invited to go on national tour in the summer of 1999. This summer will be the 23rd year anniversary of my warning, the United States of America. You know, and I think um, 
at this point, it's happening. You know, we're not going back, you guys. And anybody that tells you, you know, at some point the bio warfare against humanity will stop. At some point, we're going back to the good old days. It's over. The economic sanctions have fractured the trading blocks of the world. There's no putting back together Humpty Dumpty. The, um, and, and not only is it not possible, the changing in the weather, the global, the grand solar minimum that is coming upon the earth guarantees a maximum, maximum collapse of food production over the next few years. The economy is not salvageable. And, you know, countries are cutting their wheat down early. Our current world order cannot be saved. It is going to be incinerated. The only question is how quickly does the war arrive? And, and in the last day or two, now we're getting reports out of Israel that Russian S-300 anti-aircraft missiles opened fire against IDF warplanes for the first time over northwestern Syria. It's the first time Russian forces have, have actually attacked Israeli air power. And the rabbis in Israel are clearly taking note of the parallels between Russia's threats against Israel and now direct military, limited military attacks on Israeli warplanes as a precursor to the Gog Magog War of Ezekiel 38. And of course, the attack on the United States is the reference to the other nation in verse 10 of Ezekiel 38. At the same time, as the attack on the nation of Israel at the end of the age, another nation whose citizens have great wealth and whose citizens dwell with, in cities without walls. And, you know, there are some people who make a complete mess of Bible prophecy interpreted that reference in Ezekiel 38 to a nation of people dwelling without walls to mean that Israel would become such a superpower that they would take down the security walls around their cities. Well, that's absurd. The nation without walls, whose people have been gathered from all over the earth, that's the Americans. And um, that's the habitation of the strong. The attack against Israel and America is the Battle of Ezekiel 38. And it is known as World War III in the secular world. And it, it has already started. Chinese military doctrine is very clear that China intended to begin world war, to begin their war against the West using biological weapons. Well, if you're going to release a bioweapon, it's really helpful if you can claim that it was an accident. You know, that's the only reason you would build a bioweapons research facility in the middle of a crowded city down the street from a wet food market. I mean, if you actually were trying to protect against an accidental release, you might put your bioweapons facilities outside of your major population centers. Just thinking out loud. But no, they began the war. It actually started in 2019 with the release of the COVID-19 coronavirus, a re-engineered version of 
the common cold or the flu bug. And, you know, what's so fascinating, Frank, is November of 2019. That was 23 years from when I got translated into the future in 1996. Now, when I was translated into the future, not too many people heard about what happened to me. Um, Some of my close friends heard. But other than that, nobody heard a word. And, you know, it's sort of like the release of that bioweapon. You know, not very many people knew a bioweapon had been released. But is it not ironic that 666 years earlier, in 1353, the Black Plague had eradicated itself? It had burned out in Western Europe. You know, so don't think for a minute that this isn't all being choreographed perfectly according to the timing and the perfect will of the Lord, because it is. And so, you know, what is left for us to do? I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and, and I told him, I said, listen, brother, I've been telling you for a while that the fall of 22 would be the outside date for World War Three. And, you know, could I be wrong? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm not trying to play a prophet. I'm I'm not prophesying to you. I'm giving you an interpretation of scripture based on 50 years of research and careful study. But any opinion, any insight into the timing of a prophetic fulfillment is, is of course fraught with a risk of error. But it looks like this time we guess right. And he actually, he kind of got mad at me because I don't... I don't think he wants to see Babylon judged. Um, and yes, it's going to, I can understand that it's a little bit scary, you know, and for anyone who wants to save their life, well, you got a major problem now, but you know, when he asked me, he's like, well, so what are you going to do? Why are you still in Babylon? <laughs> my answer, I said, well, I'm not trying to save my life. If the Lord told me to leave. I would leave tomorrow, but I've got to, I've got a daughter here. I've got grandchildren. I've got a nation that I love. I've got a remnant who need help. And I got a Lord who's quite capable of saving me anywhere I am on this planet. And he's also quite capable of saving you. So what should we do? He asked me, well, then what do we do then? I said, well, Um, I think fasting and praying could be, you know, a a clear choice for every one of our to-do lists. You know, and beyond that, you just need to pray for wisdom. Get ready. Do all the things that you would do if if a major famine and a major war was coming your way. Now, if you live in the the coastal cities of the U.S., if you're you're in, you know, Southern California, then get out. (laughs) Or certainly get out when the war starts with, Iran or the war starts with Korea. I mean, if you want to chill for a while and, you know, wait for this thing to expand, fine, you know, chill then. But, uh, you know, I'd be making preparations for a long distance trip at short notice. Other than that, do what's right in your eyes. I'll tell you something not to do, though. Don't try to stop everybody and tell them what time it is. Because it's very clear in the book of Amos very clear that the Lord says the prudent shall keep silent for the days are evil. And and in the book of Amos, in in chapter six, 
the prophet writes, the Lord says, I hate the pride of my people. And, you know, I want, I want to go back and just finish with Psalm 105. Real, I want to show you guys a little bit more insight into this part of the scripture. Let me jump there. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. And the Lord will send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. That's what's coming, you guys. We're the head, we're not the tail. This is the day of the Lord. It's not the day of the Antichrist. There's only one winner, and it's Jesus and the people who are sold out with him. And they will rule in the midst of the enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauty of holiness, from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The people are going to be made willing. In the day of God's power, those who've consecrated their lives, those who've made a covenant with God, those who were willing to offer their lives a living sacrifice in the day of the outpouring of the power of God, our hearts will be born again. and We will be willing. And in the beauty of holiness, a new creation will come forth out of the womb of the morning. That word for beauty is hadar, and it means magnificent, glorious, godly, righteous, honorable, majestic beauty. The beauty of holiness, the glory of holiness, the honor and the majesty of the holiness of the Lord, which shall come upon his people. And the word for holiness is kadosh. And it means a sacred thing, a sacred place, that which has been consecrated to the Lord, dedicated to God, that which has been sanctified, covered in prayer, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and is now righteous and holy and guised in the eyes of God and in the beauty of holiness from the womb, from the birthplace of the morning light that shall come. And those people will have the dew of youth restored. The living water in them will make them young again. Their biological clocks will turn backwards. Even as God turned the very sundial backwards in the time of the prophets of old, the Lord's going to make his remnant people young again. Amen. Looking forward to that part of this. It's going to be great. Amen. But, you know, there's something I want to stress. The beauty of holiness does not include pride. The Lord says, I abhor the pride of Jacob. That's Amos 6, verse 8. Pride is an abomination. It is the number one sin. It makes the Lord, it makes him ill. He can't stand it. That's why he knows the proud from far off. They smell so bad spiritually. They make the Lord want to puke. None of the children of pride will be found among the remnant in that time. And yet this is the nation that is most proud. You know, and if there's one thing that Christians have been so deceived over, they've been deceived by their own pride. Obadiah verse, chapter 1, verse 3, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You know, only a remnant is going to be saved. One out of a thousand of, of the people who profess Christianity 
If you took a thousand people who pro proclaimed themselves to be Christians, one out of a thousand is in the remnant. And then perhaps another 30 or so are actually born again and are going to heaven. Though they'll be cleansed and sanctified through the fire that is coming because they were unwilling to do the sanctification that the Lord required. The Lord will do the work in them with an iron brush and a blowtorch. It'll be very quick work and they'll get a crown of glory for having not denied his name. But of the others, 970 of them are going to find out on that day. Jesus himself said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And I will say, I never knew you. The word for many is polis. Go look it up yourself. Do the, do the homework. It means the vast majority. Virtually all of them. Isaiah the prophet exclaimed, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a small remnant is being saved. The word is me'at, and, and it literally means one in a thousand. Only a small remnant will be saved. For judgment is overflowing with righteousness. The children of pride have deceived themselves. Your pride has deceived you. You that dwell in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is on high, who says in, her, in your own heart, who will bring me down? Though you've exalted yourself above the nations as an eagle, and you built your nest among the stars like the, like the global space station which America built in the stars. It is from there, from the stars, that I will bring you down. And it's from the stars that those ICBMs come flying in. Pride has deceived many. You know, we can't be proud and humble at the same time. And, and pride is the... It's the essence of the sin nature. And the very first thing it does is it deceives the one that it infects. But the coming, the coming tribulation is the perfect antidote to pride. The coming persecution will cleanse the pride. Pride does not survive five minutes in the days that lie immediately ahead. We should all be fasting and praying that the Lord would, would bring us to the place of total repentance. Because knowledge puffs up. And we were trained to be proud as people. It's the American way. We are that nation. Oh, thou most proud. But what will come forth from this land will be a remnant who are lowly and humbled. And, and they will lift up they will lift up the name of Jesus. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Even as the Lord, the angel of the Lord spoke to me and declared, they bear kingly and priestly robes. God is inviting you adamantly and imminently. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings of the earth in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He will wound the heads over many countries. And so he shall drink of the living water in the brook. 
in the way of the Lord. Therefore shall he lift up the chief one among us. The remnant will exalt the Lord. We must decrease that he would increase in us. Thank you all for listening. Those of you that have the anointing of the Lord, those of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, please enter into your prayer closet. Remember Frank and I, remember those that are carrying the word of truth in this hour. The opposition is great. And please add fasting to your prayer on whatever basis you can. Amen. Daniel fast is powerful. You know, if you can do more, great. And I'm not trying to put you under some kind of bondage or yoke, but I'm trying to encourage you. What we are facing can only be defeated in prayer and fasting. The enemy wants to take your grandchildren. The enemy wants your children. And then the enemy wants to kill you as well. And we are in a war with the forces of hell that grow stronger by the day as the abyss is opening. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent shall take it by force. And it's not the force of the arms. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but spiritual. We need to learn how to, how to engage in spiritual warfare. And go read Isaiah 30. It is through praise and worship that this battle is won. And then take authority. Bind the enemy. Cast them out. Break their witchcraft. Break their spells. Overturn their works of darkness. And rebuke the evil one at every turn. Stand in the gap. Repent of the sin. Remit the sin. Repent of the sin. Repent of the sin that has contaminated the ground. And then declare it nailed to the cross. And then command the curse that is no longer valid to be removed. For once the sin has been covered by the blood of the lamb and the the sins and the curses have been nailed to the cross, that curse is illegal and it must be removed in the power and authority of Jesus' name. And in its place, the blessing of the Lord will come. So that wherever the remnant go, wherever we set our feet, the land will be redeemed. But we're going to have to pray it through. And by all means, forget the charismatic teachings. You can't name it and claim it. You can't blab it and grab it. You don't declare it and just magically it happens. That verse in Job, you shall declare a thing and it shall be established, is a gross mistranslation. That is not what the Hebrew text says go read it for yourself get your strongs out you can figure it out it says you shall discern a thing you shall discern whether a word is true or not and so your way will be established according to what is righteous we got too many minute made christians we got too many microwave prayers we need people that stand in the gap and they stay in prayer we we continue in the battle until the battle is won and the lord will confirm for you when it's done we don't stop fighting until we have won amen in the power of jesus name the victory is ours amen praise god praise god brother this whew. Folks, these kind of programs don't get you invited onto other shows, um, and that's that's okay. That's why we do what we do because it, it we don't need um, the gift of man. We don't need the favor. We just need the favor of God and His mercy, and, and that's what this program's about. 
And so thank you, brother. That was intense. Um, uh, this was um, a much needed word for this hour. And um, folks, the, the, the message has never changed. Prayer, fasting, seek his face. Ultimately, in the end, you need to hear from the Lord, not from any man. That's the scripture. That's what it says. He will lead his people. And if you haven't learned that through the years of listening to Remnant Call, folks, then I, I don't know what else we can say. But you must hear from the Lord in this hour. And that just means you have to get quiet. You need to turn off Babylon and turn up the voice of the Lord. That comes through prayer, fasting, and alone time with him. And if you do that, that will become your most precious hours, your most precious time of the day. Brother, thank you so much for sharing what you shared tonight. God bless you. Um, praise the Lord Jesus. That's all I can say. Thank you so much, brother folks. Thank you for keeping us in prayer. Keep brother Benjamin in prayer myself. As we continue through this last hour, we're looking forward to that time where we're going to have the, the final remnant call gathering though, in person around the sea of glass and the kingdom. We're looking forward to that day. It is coming soon. We have a time left on this earth, but it won't be long. It will be over. We will endure to the end because our God is able and he will carry us through. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.